The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 845. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yap Chan, and today I have a phenomenal lady on the show today. She is the founder of Subtle Asian Baking, and I'm really excited to have her on today to share her story and tips on self-confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Kat Lu. Kat, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Hi, good morning, Sheena. Thanks for having me today. My name is Kat Liu, and I am the founder of Subtle Asian Baking, the largest global group online all about Asian baking and baking the Asian way. It's an inclusive and diverse group. It's for any baker and anyone who wants to bake the Asian way. I am also the author of Modern Asian Baking at Home. It's a book that's going to be released in June 2022 of this year. And formerly, I was a doctor of physical therapy. I mean, I am still a doctor of physical therapy, but I'm not practicing it currently. I am a full-time writer, recipe developer, blogger, and doing subtle Asian baking things full-time at this moment. I love it. And thanks so much for sharing that. And, you know, really, I'm really excited to hear about your story and how you created Subtle Asian Baking. I know I read a little bit about it and some of the recipes I'll be on the lookout for are matcha recipes because I'm just a matcha lover. So can't wait for that. And Kat, what is your cultural background? So my mom is from Hong Kong. She speaks Cantonese and her family is Toisan in heritage and culture wise. My dad is half Chinese and half Vietnamese. He was born in Hanoi, Vietnam. So he lived most of his childhood and his young adult life in Vietnam. And then he went to Belgium to study to, I think he was about to be a doctor or a scientist or something like that. But then some things happened and then he uh, moved to Montreal, Canada, where he met my mom. And that's where, you know, they got married, they fell in love, they had me. And then in the late 80s, they drove from Montreal all the way to uh, Brooklyn. So I am half Cantonese Chinese, half Vietnamese and fully American. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And what would be your favorite self-confidence quote? I don't want Nike to sue me or (laughs) ask me for commission, but it's definitely just do it because there's half of a chance that you can't succeed and half of a chance that you can't succeed whenever you want to pursue something new or do something new, right? Like like for me, writing a book, half a chance it could fail, half a chance it could flop, or it could become a bestseller, right? You won't know it until you just do it, right? So you have to have that con- kind of confidence and embrace you know, that mentality. You could either sit there and cry all day or you know, go out to the world with a big smile and just do what you want to do that day. So that that's one of my favorite self-confidence quotes. And the other one is really carpe diem is seize the day, right? The days are so transient and, and short and, you know, live each day like it's your last. And that's how you can move on confidently throughout your life, right? So you know that that one day will never come back. So, you know, do whatever you can that one day to make it special and to, to make it worth living that day. Thanks for sharing those quotes. And don't worry, a lot of women from the past interviews have mentioned just do it as their favorite quote. And it's so true, right? I mean, 
self-confidence is all about taking action as well, right? And if you're not going out there taking the action, nothing will happen. Of course, we're going to make mistakes along the way. I mean, it's part of the process. It was the same thing when we created our book, Asian Women Who Boss Up. You know, We just wanted to have more representation for Asian women and we just went out there and did it. Even if we got rejected, made mistakes along the way, we were able to create a book. And now we're creating another a series of the Asian women who boss up books. So we're super excited about that. So you never know what your actions could lead to, right? If you just go out there and do it and seize the day. So thanks for sharing that. And Kat, what would be your definition of self-confidence? So I feel self-confidence is subjective for everyone, right? Some people might say, you know, putting on some makeup and wearing something that makes you look sexy or beautiful that builds your self-confidence, right? I feel a lot of it comes from within. So part of it is your gut feeling and your intuition and how you think internally, right? So a lot of it is the matter of the mind. So you could have a really, really crappy day and you could be wearing the most beautiful dress and your confidence just might not be there because your mind is not letting you be confident, right? Your mind is like shadowed with all these other negative thoughts. You know, you're feeling down. You're just not feeling it. You're just feeling negative. You can't bring out that positive. So I feel your definition of self-confidence really has to be from within your gut feeling, you telling yourself that you can do it, you can seize the day, just go and do it, right? For myself, it's just taking away that little girl that always needed other people's validation and other people's yeses and just listening to myself and believing in myself and just not like doubting myself. And I feel that is all my own definition of self-confidence and not being, you know, my worst naysayer but my biggest supporter, which is the most important. Because a lot of times, Sheena, when you go to sleep at night, the person you're thinking about is not someone else. It's actually you, right? You're the person you're thinking of when you're falling asleep. And a lot of other people are thinking about them too. So with self-confidence, you really have to think about your own thoughts, what you want, you know, your gut feelings and your intuition and listen to all those voices. And that for me is my definition of what self-confidence is. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, it's a great definition. I mean, a great example of that is turning red, right? When mailing is on a search to learning to find herself, you know, show up as her true self because she's bogged down by people's expectations, especially our parents. I mean, in the beginning, she said the number one rule is to honor your parents no matter what, because they give you life. But then in the process, we forget to honor ourselves. So it's really, it's really important that, you know, we learn to honor ourselves and not and I'm not saying, you know, you need to defy your parents, but also trying to find a balance, right? Show, showing them a different way and not the, the same exact thing that's been passed down by generation to generation. So I really love your definition of self-confidence. And Kat, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? My life was, I guess, in a sense, I still have to struggle with this even to this day, you know, even as someone who's almost 40, you know, 38 this year. Just like you said, like how, how May has to listen to her parents, honor them. I think that was me too, up until, even up until the, the year of my marriage, my wedding, my mom says, you know, you should have Chinese food at your wedding. You should just have it at a Chinese banquet. But I've always dreamed about having a nice wedding in, in a nicer setting, right? Hawaii would have been amazing. We settled for a hotel in Flushing. It's called the Sheraton in, in New York City. And just fighting my mom for that w w took a lot of my own self-confidence, right? And, you know, that was my life before that. It was always, yes, I'll go into physical therapy. I'll become a physical therapist because I'll bring honor to my family. You know, I'll, I'll be someone in the healthcare field. 
but I'm still not a medical doctor. <laughs> but at least it appeases my my parents, especially my mom. You know, that was my life before the discovery of my self confidence. You know, also like with choosing a boyfriend. You know, who I was supposed to date, things like that. If I didn't fight back, I I don't think I would be married to my husband today because she preferred this other guy that I was seeing. But again, it comes back to you know trusting your gut. Learning from your mistakes. I think before my discovery of self confidence, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, as a physical therapist student, as a as a new physical therapist too, I looked up to a lot of mentors, people who have expertise. You know, the nurses, the doctors, and I listened to them. And I would take away, you know, my gut feeling and and just go and say, okay, they know better than me. You know, I'm only here. I've only graduated a month ago. Maybe they are right. Maybe I should do what they say. And then that led to mistakes that led to people getting hurt. And that led to like a lot of regret for me and also a lot of learning, you know? So that's, I think each one of these mistakes that I've made and, you know, the flaws of not having confidence in myself led to this more confidence, confident person that I am today. Yeah. And, and I love that you mentioned, you know, that you also went through, you know, learning to, or going going through that motion of honoring your parents, right? Because that's something we all can relate to, whether you're Asian or not. You know, we always do our best to seek approval from our parents, to do our best, to make sure that we become that perfect daughter, right? Because, you know, that's like what we have to do, you know, as a daughter, as a child. And it can get really taxing, right? It can really hurt our mental health. We feel like we always have to live up to something and it's just never enough. And that's why so many women, you know, suffer through self-confidence issues, not feeling enough, always second guessing themselves, can't even make a decision because they're so afraid of making a mistake. And so what was that point in your life when you realized, you know, you were more than enough to go out there and forge your own path, especially creating subtle Asian baking? I know this came out of the pandemic. I'd love to hear, you know, what made you, you know, move forward and, and create what you've created today? There were a few aha moments. So I want to talk back to like, during my time as a student physical therapist. So there was a time where I had very low confidence in myself. I never looked like, you know, the stereotypical Asian female that, you know, people would attribute Asian females to looking like, you know, with the long straight hair and a thinner frame, you know, so I always felt different from, from my peers and things. And I had very low confidence in my looks and my body type. And then as a student physical therapist, I didn't really know a lot about physical therapy. So every time I had to present in front of my classmates, I would shake and I'd get very nervous, you know? And a lot of times you have to like wear tank tops because you have to show off your muscles and your bones and, and things like that because you're, you're learning the, the human anatomy when you're a student physical therapist. So I've always been uncomfortable. It wasn't until I you know, started going out into the hospital and then I was working with patients and I was learning from an amazing mentor and she was amazing. She taught me so much stuff. Now I was getting hands-on experience. Then after that three months, I think I changed from being a nervous student physical therapist to, to someone who was ready to get out there and work in the hospital on my own. And I had that aha moment. I remember being on the podium, speaking in front of like the entire College of Health Professions at SUNY Downstate. And I just stood there very confidently didn't look at my notes and just presented. And that was the moment when I, I think I transformed. That was my red panda moment. But that wasn't the red panda that I didn't like. It was the red panda that now I'm embracing. It's a part of me, you know? It's a, a bit of a veneer because even now when I'm talking to you, Sheena, I'm nervous. I'm like, I have a, I have a little like frog in my throat, right? But I take a deep breath and then, you know, and then I'm like, you know, just do it. It'll be fine. You've done far more stressful things than 
this too will pass, right? So that was, I think, the 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 one of the biggest moments in in my aha moment. The second one was when I was in my first job as a physical therapist, as a student physical therapist, and I had a patient who was young. She was in her thirties. She was lying in bed in pain, and she had tumors all over her bones and legs and and things like that. And then I was told by you know a senior a doctor, they said you have to walk her. You have to walk her now. She was crying in pain, and potentially, if she walked with all those tumors in her bone, in her leg bones, she could have fallen and broken her both her legs. So I defied those mentors and and the doctors. I got in trouble actually, but I potentially had saved her life. You know, saved her from surgeries and more pain. But that was another moment where I I, I thought, you know, I'm listening to myself. You know, I'm going to be this confident. Person, yes, I'm a novice physical therapist, but my gut is telling me she needs to not walk with me at this moment. I could have lost my job, but still, you know, I, I believed in myself, and finally, you know, there was that switch that turned on. And as for subtle Asian baking, it, it came out of a spur of a moment. It's another aha moment, right? It, it's a it's a group that was born in the pandemic. So in uh, May 2020, I was really nostalgic for all the amazing Japanese goodies that I had on my a recent trip to Japan in February 2020, right before COVID happened. So, and I live now in Renton, Washington. So I'm not, no longer in Brooklyn, New York, where I grew up and you know lived most of my life. So I can't walk out and get a, a dantat, an egg tart, or a milk bread or a mochi. I have to make everything at home. And I was so tired of just making milk bread. <laughs> I was so tired of um, fudging my French macarons. So I said, I want to bake the Asian way. I want to learn to make the egg tarts. I want to make mooncakes myself, right? How can I do this? How can I bounce ideas off of other people? There wasn't a group then, back then, that was like subtle Asian baking. So you know, that's how a lot of things happen. You know, you define, you find a need for something, a niche, and you just do it. And I just build that group on on Facebook. You know, it's a tribute to Subtle Asian Traits, which is the largest group all about Asian memes and the Asian diaspora online. One in three Asians who are on Facebook or on Instagram is in a Subtle Asian group, right? There's Subtle Asian dating, Subtle Asian cooking, but there wasn't Subtle Asian baking. I didn't know it would blow up. You know, at first it was just a hundred of my closest friends, you know, some of my family members, we shared some recipes and then Word of mouth, 100 members became 5,000 members, became 67,000 members by December 2020. We got our feature on eater.com. Then a, and an editor came and said, you know, are you guys working on a book? Now we are a group of over 300,000 members across all social media platforms. And it just keeps growing. It's amazing. You know, everyone is so interested in baking the Asian way and learning from each other and innovating in this culinary field that, that's so new and wonderful. So yeah, that's from from doubting myself to like this aha moment. So all these stories just built me into who I am today, into the founder of Subtle Asian Baking and the author of um, Modern Asian Baking at Home. I love it. And I love just the story of it. You know, you just wanted to go out there and share, you know, what you wanted to bake or learn from other people how to bake these Asian treats and Asian desserts. Because of course, right, when, when you live in a in an area where there's no bu- bubble tea places or matcha places or just Asian desserts, it, it, you mean you crave for it, right? So it's great that you're able to just go out there, create it without any expectations. And it just like grew to this phenomenal thing from being featured in so many places to having your own cookbook. And, you know, because of your aha moments, what's your life been like now? 
now I am able to be my own boss. So that I think is the biggest blessing is the blessing of time, you know, having the time to not go in commute. You know, back when I was living in New York, I would wake up at 5.30 in the morning and drop off my son, take the subway for at least an hour and a half, get to work by 9 a.m., leave by 5 p.m. and then come home by 7 and then eat dinner and then have no night to myself. And that was my Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, and, and then I always wondered, you know, what else can I do? What, what more purpose can I, I have? You know, I can't just be living paycheck to paycheck, paying for a mortgage. And I understand that's the struggle of many, many people and not many people can, can get to the point that I am now, you know, almost 40, being my own girl boss, you know, having a husband who could actually support the living right now. Cause we do have, we still have a mortgage right now and someone has to pay for it. Subtle Asian baking is sort of like, startup, right? So it's a startup that's not very profitable at the moment, but it's the time that I'm putting in. It's my own money that I'm putting in that it's going to become something big. You know, it is becoming something big and eventually it will become sustainable and profitable. And then I could hire interns and you know, not just rely on vo- volunteers. I have a great group of volunteers. I love them to death. You know, they've been with us since 2020. I think that's what it's afforded me, you know, how I can now have purpose every day in my life. I'm actually working way harder now than I've ever been working, even though you know I don't have to now commute, right? I don't have a, a paycheck. I don't have to worry about reporting to a boss. You know, I am my own boss. I report to her. So I keep myself accountable. That's my life self-discovery. You know, I make the decisions now. I'm confident on you know the choices I make, like which podcast I'm going to go on, who I'm going to pitch myself to, the next big projects that I'm going to entail. That's what my life has been like. Part of it is more of a freedom and and more happiness and joy because you're able to answer that why that's always been in your life, right? Not that I wasn't happy being a physical therapist. You know, I was able to help so many people touch their lives every day. It was also burning me out because I feel all of their feelings. Someone died and many people have who I've seen, you know, over the years, you know, maybe they were older, 95 years old, and they had cancer. I also treated a lot of women who had breast cancer too, as a lymphedema therapist, brought me a lot of joy to help them. But it also gave me a lot of pain and and depression because I I thought about them. I even think about patients that I've seen since 2008 to this day, right? And when I was like a student physical therapist, you know, I was always smiling or when I was working with children, I was smiling, even though some of them I knew would not make it past a year. After this discovery, I, I feel like I could bring joy a different way. You know, I could bring joy into my life a different way and then, you know, just live my best life every single day. So differences. Thank you so much for being honest about what you're going through, right? I think when they see like, oh my God, you have over 300,000 followers, you have a cookbook, they all think you, people, people will see you differently. They think you've made it, but you know, here you are being being honest and vulnerable and saying, yeah, I've started this, it's blown up, but I'm still, it's still a startup, right? We're not making as much money as you think, but I'm committed to it. And I think people don't realize like, this is what entrepreneurship is, right? Like, yeah, you don't have a steady income. Yes, you get to pick your own hours. Sometimes you have to work 24 hours in a day just to get it going. And I wish people shared more, you know, what the honesty of it, instead of seeing what's on Instagram, on on Facebook, right? Because the more they can realize, okay, sometimes this is part of the process. And if we can push through it, then it's for us. I really love that you mentioned that. And, you know, to the woman who's listening to your episode, she may be in her own journey to self-confidence. What would be that self-confidence tip you would give to them? 
Yes. And I just want to go back for a second also that we always give back too with this group, right? Yes, we have 300,000 members, but we're not selling them a product. And I refuse to put a lot of ads on our website, modernasianbaking.com, so people can come on and get the free recipes, right? And even with my book, the net proceeds that I get as an author, all of this month in March, I'm donating it back to help stop Asian hate and to help the people of Ukraine. So like everything that we've made so far, we've given it back to charities, to bake off prizes and things like that, to swag, to give to people, to marketing efforts, right? Yeah. So definitely you do need to be profitable to be sustainable. I can't just keep dipping into my my pockets, right, to maintain this group. But luckily, we have a lot of great projects upcoming. So I'm very confident that we're, we're going to become nicely sustainable moving forward. And as for the advice to women who are on their own self-confidence journey, make mistakes because mistakes will help you grow. You know, you will learn from them. And don't be so afraid of making those mistakes. I've made so many mistakes. And then it's, it's like how people say on TikTok, keep posting TikTok videos. One of them might blow up one day. And that's what happened to my TikTok on Satellation.baking. It's that, you know, I kept posting videos and I was seeing no traction. And then suddenly one day, one video just blew up and got 5 million views, became viral. So you just have to be flexible. You have to be open. You have to be ready to evolve, change your strategies, right? You have to reflect, grow mentally. And most importantly, take time to yourself, take a deep breath and you know, realize like everything that's in front of us is not everlasting. And I think that helps you build your self-confidence too. I think the other moment where I realized and, and why I threw myself now like into my passions and my purpose is after I saw my dad pass away. Having seen him pass away was was that moment for me too. You know, life is so short. It's time for us to live our dreams if we can and not to doubt, doubt ourselves anymore, you know, and then just have purpose. And then just let yourself be free if you can. I know not everyone can do that. And then seeing seeing him go like that, I was like, there's nothing else that would stress or hurt me more than that. You know, so now I'm I'm able to move forward and like do all these projects and girl boss and and just reflect and allow my life to keep evolving and growing and changing. And I, I think that's how how other women can also you know, become more self-confident. It's just go with the flow, <laughs> live your life, take deep breaths and trust yourself and just do it. Thanks so much for all those tips. And I love all of them, especially, you know, making mistakes. It's definitely one of the greatest ways to build confidence. I always say your mistakes are your greatest opportunities. So for the listeners out there, just go out and make mistakes because you can always course correct along the way. And Kat, if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you, join your group, pre-order your cookbook, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Yeah, absolutely. If you go, if you're on Facebook, you can connect with us on Subtle Asian Baking, the group. It's a private group. So you do have to um, come in as a member. So request membership and it's free. Of course, we have our website, modernasianbaking.com, where I have a lot of amazing milk bread recipes and vegan and gluten-free recipes. And if you want to pre-order the book, the book is available worldwide for pre-orders at modernasianbaking.com slash pre-order. And finally, our Instagram handle is at subtleasian.baking. Same for our TikTok as subtleasian.baking. Thanks so much. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Kat, you can also head on over to the selfconfidence.com and search for Kat's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Kat today for taking the time to share her journey and tips with us on self-confidence. So thank you so much, Kat. Thank you, Sheena. It was such a pleasure. 
Not a problem. It's such an honor to have you on the show today. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Tao of Self-Confidence. You can order your copy of Asian Women Who Boss Up Book by visiting our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.